Welcome to Brand New Doctor. My name is Rola Kerajo, doctor turned healthcare graphic designer and brand strategist. This is the show where we share big ideas and look for inspiration in all kinds of places to help you grow a fulfilling career in healthcare. Following a path to success is one thing, but carving your own is another. So this is for you if you want to go beyond book smart. So I'm joined today by Dr. Giles Morrison. Giles is a medical doctor and clinical user experience strategist. In the increasingly digital world we live in today, user experience or UX is a huge field and its applications in healthcare are becoming more and more important. I I do want to talk a little bit about your personal experience because you and I, we both know the difficulties that come with being a black doctor. We can look at prejudice, racism, discrimination as a design constraint. It's kind of the uncontrollable, it's the unchangeable factor. We have to keep that in mind while we're designing. When you have a diverse group of designers, they're able to recognize the flaws in the systems that our white counterparts maybe are not able to see. There are so many parts of that that experience that I don't think a lot of people who are not who have not experienced for themselves, who's not black or female or has sickle cell would be able to recognize as an issue necessarily. It's definitely part of the solution, but it's it's not it's not the only solution. In fact, it can it can give teams that are diverse um, a false sense of security, thinking that well now that we've got a diverse team, we will now have diverse thought, which would then lead to better product services, better output of the team. But that's like me saying, well, I've got gym equipment in my house. I walk past it. I've got the attitude that I want to lose weight. And then miraculously, I'm, you know, slim with a six pack. No, it doesn't work that way. Because the other problem that we have is that even if you have the best of intentions, if you don't have conscious effort to apply the best of intentions, how can you even guarantee that you will have the best of outcomes? You need to consciously be like, okay, well, we do have black people on this team as well as white people. You've got someone who's trans, like, but is a trans person working on the project? Have they even been consulted? And even if they have been consulted, is this product only being used by trans people? Have we thought about the other people that have to be considered? Remember, people-centeredness is key here. We can't just focus on the one or the two or the minority. We need to be focusing not just on the majority either. We need to be trying as best as possible to design for the 100%, which is nearly impossible, I might add. Like, this is perfection. It doesn't mean you shouldn't strive for it. Um, That's what really comes to mind when I think about ultimately solving these problems, is that there is a lot of different tasks or initiatives that have to work in harmony. There has to be a clear goal that you're working towards. There has to be the ability to have a variety of skills and knowledge and and insights that's going to help with all of this. But you also have to have conscious, dedicated effort. It can't be, you know, spontaneous off the cuff. Like you need to be deliberately identifying 
and looking, hunting for discrimination and, and prejudice and how that's going to be holding back uh, the best experience that people could possibly have with these products and services we're making. Yeah, I agree. It can't be an afterthought. It can't be a perfunctory thing either. I think there's a big drive for diversity in the NHS when it comes to leadership in particular. And that's definitely helpful in terms of paying attention to conditions like sickle cell disease that don't normally get the, the type of attention that they should. But you're right that we can almost rest on our laurels. It's like, well, there's a person in position of power who is black or from a marginalized group. So therefore this problem must be being solved is <laughs> not necessarily the case. So I, I do want to talk a little bit more about your personal experience because you and I, we both know the difficulties that come with being a black doctor. You know, they're the challenges of being accepted by our teams, but also by patients. I remember I worked in a predominantly white area and I felt that I had to work especially hard to gain trust with my patients. And we also know that Black and minority ethnic doctors are more likely to get complaints and be disciplined by the GMC. But at the same time, as I mentioned, it's really important for us to be involved in decision making when it comes to providing these services and products because we're able to recognize these important considerations when it comes to serving a marginalized community that a white counterpart may not be able to see or may not care to see, to be honest. So how do you reckon with the fact that you may be feeling pushed out or being made to feel like a pariah in the system that also needs you to make it better? How do you deal with these two competing feelings? The first thought that comes to mind is do what is best for you. My parents, particularly my mother, they didn't create us for us to have a life of suffering. We're supposed to be living a life of joy and happiness. And if the job that you're doing isn't what really gives you happiness and joy, like there are times you're going to do stuff because it's a means to an end rather than an end in itself. Fair enough. But if that's your entire life is just a means to an end with the same behavior, actually, is that really healthy for you? Is that really going to support you with living life rather than suffering life. And I think that's what drove my decision making to leave medicine. And I do a lot of career coaching with doctors. And there's times when actually they love being a doctor so much that despite the issues that you face, because nothing in this world is perfect, there's always going to be problems that you face. But there's so much joy and happiness that they do get from working as a doctor. But actually the negative aspects are not so bad. And it's important then to encourage people to focus on what's bringing them that happiness and joy. Because who really wants to be operated on a consultant surgeon who's got loads of years of experience but is depressed and they're self-medicating with alcohol and they didn't have a drink the night before but it's starting to take its toll on their body and they start getting random shakes which then leads to them nicking a particular artery and then you're dead. That could have been completely avoided if maybe that surgeon was less so focusing on whatever was making them unhappy, which could have been 
clinical practice? Could have been doing surgery? And focus more on what they do enjoy, which could be spending more time with family, which could have been supported by having more of an academic role, training surgeons. So we don't lose their skill set. There isn't this so-called wastage of their qualifications and experiences, which is quite offensive, by the way. It's never a waste living life. Yeah, you may do something radically different to what you did when you were younger. It wasn't a waste that you've not done, you know, following on from what you did before. Like the example I like to give is, um, you know, most people when they're learning geography will learn about weather systems, learn about different types of clouds, cirrus, cumulonimbus, I remember some of these terms. So what it was a waste of my time now that I didn't become a weatherman, that doesn't make any sense. I was learning and I was living life. And actually I did enjoy geography. You should be focused on doing what you really enjoy. And I think that's what will allow you to endure difficult situations is that on balance, there's more joy than sadness. There's more progress than setback. And for me, it meant leaving medicine for sure. Um, I really missed being creative. Like I've, I, I play a five string violin. I own a few five string violins. It's that deep. I don't do like performances as such anymore. But um, I just didn't really have the time to play the violin. But also, I didn't get joy from playing the violin because I wasn't happy. That was serious. That's why I said that, you know, I wasn't diagnosed as depressed, but there was the signs of it. And it had nothing to do with the patients. It had a lot to do with how inefficient it is to work as a doctor in the NHS. But more so the fact that I wasn't really performing at my potential. I wasn't, I wasn't going on a trajectory to do what I think was best for me, which ultimately I've now discovered is clinical UX. I can't think of a better career for myself. It is the perfect career. And it required me to go to medical school for me to achieve it. So definitely no, no regrets. But the driving force was dwelling in a happy place. Not just trying to get to that happy place, but being in the happy place sometimes means dramatically changing one's environment. I mean, that's, that's such a good thing for people to hear who are in medicine, because my recollection of a lot of the conversations I had when I was still a doctor was a lot of people trying to convince me to stick around and stay doing general practice instead. So. I was telling people that I was unhappy and they were like, do more of the thing that makes you unhappy. <laughs> and, and I think especially the other reason why I think it's especially good to hear you say that your joy matters, joy matters, right? Is that I think when you come from a black or minority ethnic group, we are taught to deprioritize these things because we're coming from a background where it's like you need a stable job and all these things like what's happiness what even is joy like why does that matter you're getting paid right and so the idea that you might prioritize your happiness is laughable even to some people and so I, I, I do think it's important that we consider these things for me it was also as you say a net balance situation with all of the difficulties that come with 
medicine, we have to decide whether that is worthwhile for us. Is there a net positive that ultimately brings us so much joy and so much fulfillment that is worth us sticking around? And I'll be honest, for me, part of, not the, it wasn't the main reason, but part of it, part of the reason why I left was definitely, I'm not happy. For me also, I, w- I wouldn't say I was, I wasn't d- diagnosed as depressed, but I had a similar thing where I was like, I know I'm a driven person. I don't know why it is that I'm, I'm waiting or I'm snoozing my alarm. I'm dragging myself to work at, I'm, I'm turning up just on time. That's not like me. I always want to go over and above. All of these things made me feel that I'm not performing to my best or I'm not reaching for my best. All of these feelings, like the the difficulty of the job and the stress and, and everything, but added on top of that, the fear that if I made a mistake, I would be penalized worse than my peers or I'm more likely to get in trouble. So I don't I don't say that to to scare people, but I just have to be honest that 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 played on my mind as well that I could I could fail at something that I don't love (laughs) which is something that Jim Carrey has also said in his commencement speech you can fail at something you don't love so it's really important to to bear that in mind as well I I wonder as you are a career coach you give advice to people who are thinking about transitioning out of of medicine what what advice would you give them to make that process as smooth as possible because I know that people working in healthcare can be pretty risk averse understandably and that serves them well when they're in medicine but doesn't necessarily serve them so well when they want to leave I've learned that myself but what advice would you actually give them to help them to take that leap and back themselves to do something different take your time even if you feel pressured unless you have got some sort of acute physical or mental health problem at play, take your time because the rushing will cause more stress because you're dealing with variables that you've never had to process before. Like the vast majority of doctors and medical students for that matter that are thinking about leaving medicine was the furthest idea they ever had. Like they were convinced they were going to die a doctor before they got into medical school. So to think otherwise is really you losing your identity. You stop thinking that you are being yourself all of a sudden and you're going to have to form a new identity. Take your time doing that so that the stress of it all doesn't overwhelm you because it will be a bit stressful. The next thing is surround yourself with people who can provide you with a balanced narrative about what it means to leave. So don't just talk to relatives. Don't just talk to other doctors who are happy to stay or worse, doctors who have felt trapped and forced to stay because they won't help you. It's not to say that it's because they're only telling you to stay, but it's why they're telling you to stay. They're not telling you to stay because it's the best thing for you, because it really is the best thing for you. Telling you to stay because it's the easiest decision to make that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best one. You also need to consider what is it that you're really trying to get out of life. And that involves maybe getting married and having children or having the big bucks and you're traveling around the world or, you know, whatever that looks like for you, have an idea that is clear of that vision of the future. 
And then when you close your eyes and look down, do you see a stethoscope around your neck? Or do you see, you know, a pina colada in your hand? That's a really powerful answer. I think that these are very simple truths that we can we can all lean upon that we can actually pay attention to thank you so much there's so many questions that i could ask you that are kind of popping off in my mind so you'll have to come back on the show at some point but thank you so so much for your wisdom and thank you so much for for having me and having this podcast it's an incredible resource like it's it's really wonderful and inspirational so thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Brand New Doctor. I hope it inspired you in your personal journey. Check out the notes for a summary of the show with all of the important links. And if you enjoyed this, do me a favor. Subscribe and share this episode with someone else you think could benefit from this message. I'd love to hear from you. So why not leave a rating and review? It really helps other people to discover the podcast too. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Rolakeo Joe and on Instagram as Rolakeo.so. So that's all for now, but I'll be back soon with another episode of Brand New Doctor.